Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stormy Daniels. Porn star Stormy Daniels. Please welcome Stormy Daniels. This is Stormy Daniels. Each week here, I will give you a top secret peek into my world and my ongoing battles. But I'm also going to talk to an assortment of people who live their lives beyond the norm. At the risk of sounding like a complete stalker and fangirl, I think that, I mean, I absolutely love, love, love Dave Schrader. I kind of discovered him when we were starting my paranormal show, Spooky Babes. So I like watched every show there was. Um, you know, every ghost hunting show, every paranormal show and Holzer files was my favorite. I liked his investigating techniques and how serious he was, but wasn't disrespectful to the spirits and also quick to debunk stuff. Like not everything was a ghost. I really fell in love with Dave when I started investigating. So when I started doing paranormal investigations and got involved, I got a lot of backlash, which I didn't really expect all this gatekeeping because you know, people who ghost hunt or believe in paranormal and whether it's Bigfoot or ghosts or whatever, they're kind of on the fringe. You know what I mean? So you would think that other people involved in that wouldn't be so judgmental. And I was shocked by the hate that I got from the paranormal field. Now, I understand coming from, like, is she for real? Like, I'm interested. Let her prove herself. That's fine. That's where everybody should start. Like, you shouldn't just randomly believe people, you know, see spirits or have a gift. But the opposite is they just hated me and wouldn't even give me a chance. Like, outright, like, thought because I came from the adult industry or the political stuff that I shouldn't be allowed in. It was insane gatekeeping. And I kind of compare it to people in the adult industry get treated a bit like police officers. You know what I mean? Like just hated or loved for their profession. So, you know, that's like saying that because you do this for a living, you shouldn't also be allowed to do paranormal investigations. It, it was just ludicrous. And a couple of people out the gate, you know, had questions and reservations, but were willing to listen and investigate with me and test me. And they changed their opinion. Some just won't even hear it. They just think I shouldn't be allowed to investigate. And Dave Schrader because he's such a big name and so respected and had so many of these big, big TV shows. And let's just go ahead and say it was a white older man, you know, not another girl going, Oh, girl power kind of thing. Really, really stood up for me. You know, in the, at the beginning he was like, I'm interested. Let's give her a chance. You know, fuck these haters. So then after he got to know me and everything, he really, really went to bat very, 
vocally, very aggressively defended me, like online and on his show. I was on his show a couple times, and then also by coming on my show. I love Dave Schrader. <laughs> Dave Schrader, welcome to Beyond the Norm. Thank you so much, Dave, for doing this. I am a huge fan. I'm totally fangirling, which I never do. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I think you're just amazing. I love your show. Love your work. We actually have my daughter here. We're not going to see her on camera, but she's sitting next to me. Her name's Katie. So if we have a phantom voice asking some questions, that's where it's coming from. So the audience knows. Um, So let's just jump right into this. So for the listeners, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in paranormal. I think you came in at a very young age. Um, So just give us a quick little backstory bio thing. Well, I've been publicly in the paranormal now for almost 18 years. I originally hosted a show called Darkness Radio. I now host a program called the Paranormal 60 Podcast, and I've been on uh, Ghost Adventures for about 10 or 11 episodes. I was on a mini series called Paranormal Challenge. Uh, I did uh, the lead investigating on the TV show, The Holzer Files and Ghosts of Devil's Perch. I've been on The Curse of Lizzie Borden and Demon in the White House. So I've had a chance to be on a lot of different paranormal TV programs after doing the radio, but I've had a life steeped in the supernatural. I had uh, grown up seeing my grandmother's ghost after she passed away when I was very young. I lived in a haunted house. I saw Bigfoot when I was about 12 years old in Foley, Alabama, and UFOs over Trout Lake, Washington in 2006. So I've been, I don't know if I've been following it or if the supernatural is following me, but either way, we seem to intersect quite often. Yes, I say the same thing. You know, people say, like, why did you decide to get into paranormal? What what made you choose paranormal? And I'm like, I wish it was that paranormal chose me. You know, I've actually been on your podcast and we've had multiple conversations about this. So I want to go back. You mentioned you grew up in a haunted house. A few questions about that, because as we have discussed before, that's kind of what got me actually full-blown into the paranormal is that I lived in this haunted house in New Orleans a few years ago and nobody really would take me serious or believe me. So we decided, like, screw this, we'll go to them. Tell me about the haunted house that you grew up in. Like what sort of things were happening? What were you seeing? You know, I wish it was cool and it looked like the Munster's house or something, but it was a little one little level uh, uh, ranch style house in Medina, Illinois. And we just, you know, you could hear things. You'd be downstairs. That's where my bedroom was in the laundry room and my dad's little utility room where he built things. And we'd be downstairs and you could hear somebody walking clearly. It wasn't just floorboard settling. It was somebody walking the length of the house. You could be downstairs and hear what sounded like people upstairs talking. I'd go up expecting to find my parents and uh, there'd be nobody there. And then there'd be times we'd be upstairs and it would sound like my TV was going in the basement and we'd go down there and nothing was going on. So it was never anything terrifying. I mean, there were moments I saw some shadowy figures move around which can be unsettling, but not terrifying. Just, just like I said, unsettling. So it was just always kind of being in an environment. My mom was very accepting of it. My dad is a tough Polish Chicago construction worker. So it was funny to watch him react once in a while because, you know, ghosts aren't real. This isn't real. That's not real. And every now and again, he'd come shooting upstairs and eventually break down and just tell us, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. There was something walking around downstairs by me and I couldn't see it. So I just, you know, just funny little moments like that. Have you gone back and investigated that house? No, my dad still lives there. My mom passed away seven years ago. So I've, 
A, I just don't want to be in there thinking, you know, I don't want mom's ghost thinking, oh, crap, they're calling on me, so I'm going to go back and visit. My dad doesn't really sense her around. I don't. I, I think, if anything, she's off with my aunt, Judy, her her best friend and sister who uh, has had health issues since my mom passed. So I think my mom spends a lot of time over there. But, no, I've never investigated. Maybe once both of my parents are gone, I'll, I'll uh, set it up and see what I can find. But at this point, it just feels too close to home. And I've, I've never encouraged people to investigate their own homes. I, you Uh-oh. know, sometimes, <laughs> right. It's like the old uh, commercial Tom Baudet, right? You, I will leave the light on for you. I kind of feel like when you investigate your own home, you're kind of letting spirits know that this is a safe place to come. And although it is, I don't, I've got family and children here. I don't want my, my kids being harassed or pestered by uh, spirits. So I try to keep it I go to other places to investigate, not here. Two quick questions. But you go back to the house to see your dad, right? Does oh, it, yeah, definitely. Does, does it feel different in there? Because the, the question is, do you think that the place is haunted? Or do you think that when you moved out, they went with you? No, I don't. Good questions. No, I think that uh, it remained haunted. Um, okay. I, I'd moved out 30 years ago, and my mom would still hear things okay. knocking around in there. But uh, um, it, it feels different to me now just because it's, you know, it's weird to go there and my mom's not there, just my dad. So uh, that always feels kind of strange. So I never, it's, it's off putting in the sense I don't, you know, it, it just doesn't feel the same as it used to. Plus my dad is a construction guy. So he's constantly remodeling inside the house. Nothing looks like it did when I was a kid, except for the upstairs bathroom, everything else has changed. So, mom, you know, she continued to hear stuff. So the, the actual place was haunted. It wasn't just, you. yeah. I think yeah. I've had a little bit of both going on. You know, I think some of the places I lived were already haunted. Um, when I move, some of the things tend to start happening again. So it's me. And I think that, you know, even my daughters had some instances, which means, uh, which means you had a question, right? About what he was going to say about shadow figures. I had a question where if, like, does the shape of an entity, like, the shape and color, right? Yeah, like the shape and general color, you know, transparency and stuff like that. Does it affect how it interacts? Because a lot of people associate uh, like shadow figures and like darkness to be negative and then like lighter mm-hmm. stuff and oh. sparkles to be like good. good oh, that's a positive. good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, cool. you know, I, I always ask that question too, but I mean, how many people think shadow people are evil because they're dark and, and a lot of people will raise their hands. And I think that's, you know, that's a, a good Hollywood trope. Uh, we've been brought up to believe the bad guy always wears black, right? And and evil is always lurking in the shadows. Sometimes I think that's just all that's left visually of who that person was. We're literally seeing the shadow of a man, shadow of a person left over, you know, from from what they were. And I think the further we get away from their time, probably the grainier and, and, you know, less there is to them. And that's why we see so many women in black, women in white, women in gray. It's interesting that there are always those shades, right. From black to white to gray as they just start to fade away. But I don't think that there's anything negative necessarily about it. Now there are people that have had very bad experiences with shadow people, but when you say, what's a bad experience? Well, it was in my room. Well, that's not terrifying. You know, I mean, my dog's in my room. Is that frightening? No. But if I didn't have a dog and I woke up and one was there, I'd be alarmed. But it wasn't really frightening. It's just what what's going on, right? Once you get people past that fear of 
this doesn't belong here. I, you know, I've, I've asked so many, especially women seem so keyed in to shadow people in their bedrooms. And I say, here's the weird thing of you. And I'll be in a room of 500 people. I go of you that have seen these shadow people in your room. How many of you see them? And once you get over that shock and awe, you just kind of roll over and go to sleep. And like 95% of them raise their hands. So to me, that can't be inherently evil because if you woke up and Dave Schrader standing at the end of your bed, you're not just going to go, oh, Dave Schrader, eh, and go back to sleep, right? You're going to jump and free. What are you doing? Get out of my house. Freak, right? it, 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 there will be a sense of danger involved with something that shouldn't be there. But I think shadow people are just those glimpses of, of what we're able to still see of those people. You know, now there's ones with red eyes. The hat man is supposed to be a real bad guy. I don't understand why the more dapper looking spirit, the more evil they are, but that's all part of the legend and lore. I've actually heard about that. Yeah, never trust a sharp dress man. So tell Dave about the one you saw. Behind yeah. Did he uh, have a hat? No, oh, he okay. didn't have a hat, but it's he seemed kind of boxy as if he was wearing a suit, mm-hmm. but it, he didn't have a hat. Okay, yes. I have one that everybody sees, and she's actually one of the first people to see it and was standing behind me, but you didn't feel like it was evil, did you? No, I was just like, what the heck? Yeah, we're used to him now. We actually just yeah. call him. And he'll come if I call him, which is weird. Um, but the other follow-up to that question is, so black and, and gray and things like that aren't always bad. People associate, like, black cats aren't bad. Some people actually think that they're a blessing and a warning. You have a black cat. My daughter has a black cat. Um, but does it go the other way? You know, sometimes people think sparkles and white and white are, are good. And you actually had a question about child spirits and voices right i think they're tricksters normally mimics mimics have you come across mimics a lot well again you know some people call them doppelgangers some people call them mimics i don't know that what we're dealing with is always dead people um and that doesn't mean that i think it's something evil time is a strange thing Uh, physics teaches us it is not linear right? It doesn't start here and end here. It's kind of this big ball of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly mess, as Doctor Who says. And I, I think that sometimes what we're experiencing is reflections in time. Nobody ever died in the house I grew up in, but maybe thinking linear, I want to believe it was somebody from our past. Maybe it's somebody that owns a house 50 years from now walking around and we're just hearing them. So it's like the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman where we're coexisting in the same space. And sometimes there's bleed through between the past, the present and the future. And we have those moments. I, I tell this story a lot, but people are always fascinated by it. And I had a listener contact me. He goes, explain this to me. My, my grandparents bought a cornfield. Wasn't ancient Indian burial grounds. Wasn't civil war battlefields. It was just an old cornfield and they built their house there. They built it by hand gorgeous house. They lived there for 35 years. Nobody ever died there. Nothing evil ever happened. Nothing weird. Nobody died in front of the house. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One day, my grandmother is sitting in her chair at three or four in the afternoon watching Jeopardy, and three shadow figures walk in and stop in front of her. They look at each other and run out of the room. He goes, now grandma's house is haunted. Grandma's not senile. She's not dealing with dementia. She saw these things and we believe her. Hmm. She passed away, Dave. And then about a year or two later, we went by to visit my grandfather and I had my two buddies with me and we walked into the living room and there sitting in the chair was my grandmother. And the three of us looked at each other and ran out of the room and I stopped and I said, oh my God. This is exactly what she saw. So who is haunting who in that moment? Oh, I got chills. Like she saw yeah. that. Like she, oh, that's, that's crazy. That's. Yeah. I made me actually forget my next question. <laughs> With children's spirits too. I, you know, those freak me out and had freaked me out because I'm a father and you don't want to think about kids, spirits wandering the earth, right? That just, it's heartbreaking. But I had a couple of my friends, Chip Coffee, the medium, uh, Echo Bodine, a few of the others that I know, and they kind of set me straight. They said, first of all, do you believe in reincarnation? I said, yeah, I believe in reincarnation. And they said, okay. So Dave, that spirit of that six-year-old that's wandering that house might be on its eighth carnation, incarnation. And that spirit could be hundreds of years old. It just chooses to stay in that look from its, its you know, most recent life. So whereas you're thinking child because the physical form bore that image, the soul is so much older. And I said, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, but then again, like I said, it might be these moments in time. There's Cindy Kaza, the medium I worked with on Holzer Files and Ghosts of Devil's Perch. When we started doing Ghosts of Devil's Perch, we really started dipping into the concept of these fractals, these pieces of us, of who we are. And it, it could explain why grandma's ghost is seen in her childhood home running around as like a seven or eight year old girl, but she died at the age of 90, four States away. How can she be ghosting in both one as a kid and one as an adult? And I think, well, if she had a great upbringing in that house, she had no bill. She had no responsibility. She could play she was with her brothers and sisters or family. It was very loving, good, happy moments for her. So maybe that's, what stays is that that happy memory, that piece of her is kind of like a, a psychic impression left there. And then in the house that she built and raised her family and grandchildren in, that meant something to her. So there's going to be a piece of grandma that's left there. So these two things can coexist. They're maybe not fully realized versions of the soul, but they're the pieces that we leave behind. And, you know, sometimes you leave those pieces behind in traumatic situations, traumatic settings. And that may be why sometimes those spirits seem so much more 
uh, anguished and crying out and get out and banging and flickering lights is it's, it's more of a, uh, um, a damaged fractal of your humanity. So in my investigation, I've come across uh, basically, I mean, so many different types of energies and entities or whatever, mm-hmm. words, but you could pretty much lump them into different things, intelligent and residual or, you know, impressions or stains for people listening. that don't quite understand right. what you're talking about. Like the ones that can communicate and interact and, and move things and answer questions. Those are intelligent. What you're saying is maybe you're seeing fractions of a person's soul that can't even interact. They just left. They had such a great or traumatic, the place somebody died or, or witnessed a death or had some, got some horrific news. And, you know, like the woman that was sobbing in the kitchen in our house in, in New Orleans, like she didn't interact. She just, you know, found out her child died and that's where she stayed. And that's a state right. that you know, we call them not intelligent because they can't. And they tend to right. be on a loop. Is that how you would say it? Like they tend to repeat. Like a residual, right. A residual or, uh, yeah. Thing. And then you have the ones that can communicate and interact. Do you agree? Right. You've got the in, in, intelligent haunting, the residual haunting. They're they're And with the residual, they don't seem to interact with you. It's almost like you don't exist. It's you're watching a TV show and rerun. So I know the listeners have a big question after listening to any of this. Can an mm-hmm. entity or spirits or uh, a residual, can they hurt you? Do people have a reason to be afraid? Like, that's the question I get asked the most. I'm sure you do too. Why do you do this? Aren't you scared? Or I'm not going on a paranormal investigation. I don't want to get possessed you know like tell me what are the da- actual dangers in this and and possession is actually extremely rare if at all like right sure that's the question that people think that we're crazy for doing this is aren't you terrified well right and i here's what i tell people i never try to walk in a space of of fear um you know we're going into haunted locations so we're expecting to have an experience or see something unsettling so you're kind of prepared for it it's it's like uh you know you're not surprised to see animals when you go to the zoo you know but if you're sitting in your living room and a giraffe walks in you're gonna be what the hell's going on right so it's i i don't walk in that place of of fearing things i i'm going there with the hope to make a connection to understand what's happening and help both the living and the dead. So I have been, I I had a real hard time believing that people could physically be hurt by a spirit until I filmed Holzer files. And on the very first episode, when we were at the Whaley house, I got knocked on my ass. I mean, just lifted and I'm I'm a big guy. I'm six foot one, 300 pounds. And I got chucked into Shane, like a ping pong ball. And, and I hit the ground. It was so disarming to have that happen. And it would be really easy to be terrified from that point forward and, and always be afraid of ghosts. But instead I I stood back and I think maybe it's because I have so many kids, it's easy to lash out and react in anger or fear instead of just stop. Okay. Okay. You're having a, a conniption fit. What can I do to help you? I heard you now you got my attention. Where do we go from here? So I try to treat the spirits um, in a sense. I treat them with love and respect I also try to treat him kind of like a child in the sense of, okay, now that you're through throwing a fit and a temper tantrum and I've not run away, now can we get to the next level? What can we do? And that's Cindy helped ground me in doing that with the Holzer files and Ghosts to Devil's uh, Perch. And and I just feel that that's a, a much better, more rounded way. So can you get hurt? Sure. I, I was bit on the arm by, 
I think, a child spirit on the USS Constellation. I was following this shadowy figure. It was like kid side kid size shadow figure who was ducking around hiding stuff. Our camera crew was seeing them. Shane and Cindy and I were seeing them. They were split up in different parts of the ship. And I was on this one set and I'm watching and he's darting around me. And all of a sudden I start hearing footsteps above me and there's nobody above us. And I'm like, Cindy, get up here. We got footsteps. We got shadow figures. And it's like, as soon as I stopped paying attention and playing this kind of hide and seek with the little boy, I had my arm outstretched holding, I think the recorder something just bit me. And I've been bit by kids and grandkids and it bit and it, it hit me so hard. I couldn't pull my arm away. And I was like, Hey, ow, let it go. You know? And then finally I let go. And when I reeled my shirt up, there was just this perfect little kid's bite mark on my arm. And they saw it on camera. We all had the experience. It was really, really weird. But again, I don't think he was trying to hurt me as much as he was just like so frustrated. Imagine you're. But he finally had somebody that could see it. Yeah. And, yeah. and you finally are being heard or seen. And then all of a sudden it stops for you. What the frustration level must be for yeah. the dead if they are walking around us like that. Yeah. And, but that also goes back to prove your other point. Because why would a child be on a the U.S. constellation? So it's probably somebody who was, and that's how they wanted to manifest themselves. Because there should be no well, children on a boat like that. Well, well, there was cabin boys that they used to bring, these young boys oh. that would do things. And sometimes at sea, the men on board the ship would get kind of cruel and abusive. And I believe the story goes at one point, one of the kids was uh, accidentally murdered by one of them and hidden. Um, so they think that that might be the, the young boy that darts around the boat. <laughs> the only episode of Holzer Files that we haven't seen because it doesn't ring a bell. But I did see the one where you yeah. got down. We watched that one a couple of times. For yeah. sure. My daughter's actually, I watched her play ball with a child spirit at the McNutt House in Mississippi. Um, that was wild. It was totally interacting with her. I'm glad she didn't bite you, but you had a question, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, like, building on, like, the, you know, spirits interacting with you, like, physically. Mm-hmm. I... Often, like, when I'm at school, I will feel, like, something tapping my shoulder. And there's no way a student could have done it because I would have known. by yourself, yeah. She seems to get touched a lot. And so that was the question is how, like, often that happens. And um, is there a way to tell? She's like, is is this really happening or am I just crazy? But she she gets – I don't get touched. She seems to get touched quite a bit. And and that leads me to my question is what do you feel about children investigating? Do you let your kids investigate? Like um, she she started having experiences way – like before we were involved in paranormal at all. Like what are your thoughts of of being touched? Let's unpack that. So uh, being touched, I would start start by – Paying attention to those moments. When are you being touched? It, d- does it bring you back out of a daydream? Are you losing focus at school? Is there something maybe you should be paying attention to that not necessarily like a learning moment, but, you know, hey, the kid next to you is crying or something, you know, something's trying to get your attention for something else that's going around on around you that you might be missing. So I would just start taking that notice. It's to me, it's like the 1111 time prompt phenomena. I'm not as oh my God, I saw 11.11 again. What I try to do is stop in that moment and notice what's going on around me. Do I start to notice a pattern at 11.11? Whenever I notice these numbers, does something else happen? 
because if there's corroborating evidence, that could be it. Um, and it might just be uh, your guardian. Hey, get off your phone and focus on what the teacher's saying, right? Get back into paying attention. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. I have taught her to track patterns. Like, is it in the same classroom? Is it during a certain subject, certain time of day, certain day of the week? We, we track all that stuff, too, um, when we're investigating. And then that brings us back. Like, a lot of you know, people are one thing that children are more open and success, or that also makes them more dangerous. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about do you allow children to go to your investigations? Well, I, I my kids have have investigated with me from a very young age, but I've been with them. I go over the protocols with them. I co-authored a book called The Other Side: A Guide to Ghost Hunting and Paranormal for Teens. So that and I'll I'll send you a copy, Stormy, so you can give one to your daughter. But it I wanted to make it as easy as I could to break down the the concepts of why we ghost hunt, how we ghost hunt, how to protect yourself, how to be careful, what you want to look for in a team, or at least in what you're doing in an investigation. So I don't believe it should be taboo, right? To me, it's like, oh, we shouldn't be teaching kids about sex in school. Where else should we teach them about sex, right? Let's let's get ahead of the curve. Let's get ahead of the curve and teach them the right things to know and and protect them. And most people, and when I, I when that book came out, man, I took a lot of heat. Oh, you! I can't believe that you're writing a book and allowing kids. And I go, when was your first paranormal experience? When I was a child, don't you wish somebody had held your hand and walked you through what was going on so that A, you knew you weren't crazy and B, now you know the protocol. So instead of just going out and wandering in dangerous, haunted places, doing dumb things because you don't know better, wouldn't you have rather had somebody just give you a quick run through of what you should be doing? And that changed a lot of people's minds. Um, when we lived in that really super haunted house in New Orleans, when it kind of started the whole thing, I had 22 people physically ever step foot in that house where they spent the night or just came over as a friend, 22 people counting myself went into that house. 21 of them had something happen to them. My daughter was the only one. Her bedroom was the only room that there was nothing ever in. So, which is really strange because other places we go, they only interact with her. Um, right. But, but Stormy, did you, I'm guessing as a mom, I bet you put some protocols in place, right? Oh, you're, of course. You're, I didn't know what I was right. doing back then. And got to, at the end there, when it got real scary, the house gave zero fucks. It was, right. it, <laughs> you were never scared there. Um, all right. So right. Gonna, as a parent, that's what I tell ghosts around me is I'm like, listen, if you want to interact with me, interact with me. Two rules, leave me alone in the bathroom and leave my kids alone. That's the two rules I have. Right, stay out of my room. <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh yeah, we have to ask the cheesy stories because she wants the cheesy question. Wants to know what's your favorite place to investigate, and the one that you either won't go to or won't go to again. And I know you've probably been asked that a million times. Yeah, but that's okay. I I have I can't answer either. There's not been a place I've gone to where I've the Ocean Born Mary House. I would never go back to because there's no need to. We had our moment. Uh, and that was in our, yeah, I love that story. I love how twisty and turny the whole thing was. And I feel like, uh, everybody there, the spirits and the living are in a great place and there's no need to ever bother those spirits again. Um, I would pretty much return anywhere I've ever been because I love going there. And like Dr. Holzer said, a case is never truly closed. I may have gone in and helped settle the spirit of stormy Daniels, but the next spirit in line might now have a chance to, to be seen and and come forward. So I, you know, there might be another story now to be told in that location. What can we do to go in and, and find that story? So I, my favorite episode of, of Holzer files is the ocean born Mary case, just because of how 
amazing that whole twist and turn went. And then Franklin Castle in Ohio, uh, because it was so, um, I think the episode's called The Final Word or The Last Word. And we we got to investigate this case, and it meant a lot to me because the little girl had passed away from uh, complications of type 1 diabetes. And my, my daughter has type 1 diabetes, and I'd almost lost her two years prior to this case. And the the hook was this little girl only makes herself known to children, not adults. And we're three adults. How are we going to get through? So I actually contacted my daughter and she made two videos for me and I played the videos in the area and we got an EVP response. And then the little girl's ghost shows up in the episode for us. So I feel like that really meant a lot to me because it was so layered in what took place and the timing of everything. And that my daughter got to be a part of one of the episodes with me. That's really amazing. Hey, well, that one. I think we might watch that. We'll watch it again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Totally switching gears a little bit because this is one of the questions. Okay. Um, Bigfoot. They exist. Mm-hmm. And you've seen one. Yes. Tell me about the one that you saw. It disturbed me a little bit that I just read my notes that it happened in Florida because that's <laughs> where we live. And we definitely have something. <laughs> Our property that we can't figure out what it is um tell me about bigfoot well with my case it was foley alabama which is very close to florida uh, my oh, grandparents yeah. yeah my grandparents owned 40 acres uh in foley alabama and 10 of them were livable the rest was just wild crazy woods right and my grandfather had a pond uh, that he kept fish stocked in so that the grandkids can come and go fishing and he used to love to feed the fish and his turtles and everything down there and we would go fishing. You'd always hear something moving around in the woods, but as kids, Bigfoot wasn't on our radar at that time. It, uh, it had just started to ping our radar around the time this happened. So I do question, you know, the lens of my, my memory, but it was just a few years ago that I actually talked to my cousin about it for the first time, but we were watching, we were fishing and you heard something stomping around and all of a sudden the bush at the back of the pond something put its hand on top of it and pushed it down. And it looked like Chewbacca's hand to me because it was long hair on it. And this was, I think, 77. So I I think I hadn't even seen Star Wars yet at this point, or maybe I had that summer. But I I just saw the bush come down and I could see from about the, the tip of the nose up. And it was this dark inset face with this kind of blackish gray mane of hair. And it, it just looked at us and my cousin and I, we just kind of stopped and then we looked at each other and then looked back at it and your brain just kind of, cause you're, yeah. I don't know how to process what I'm looking at. And I was 10, 11 years old. And then we looked at each other again and we scooby dooed it up the hill to the house. Right. Um, and we're half expecting, we're going to find out it's our grandfather or one of our dads out there with a gorilla mask trying to freak us out. Everybody's up there. And we were so wound up that my uncles, my grandfather, they all grabbed their rifles and went out there. They didn't know somebody, some stranger out in their woods. Uh, was it a, a rogue bear? I, they they had no clue what was going on. They went out there. They didn't find anything. Now I wish. You tracks. Know, yeah. Yeah. But who was looking for Bigfoot tracks? You know? Yeah. Um, but my grandparents, 
when you started watching shows like in search of and sightings and all that start stuff started at that time, my grandmother firmly believed they had something living out there and had UFOs over their property. She saw things. So there was a lot of activity that took place in and around their property. And my grandfather was like Dr. Doolittle. He'd literally walk outside and animals would just come to him. Uh, he had a flying squirrel that lived out in his uh, horse barn. It would fly down and hang out with him. He had other yeah. animals that would come by him. He, you know, in Foley, Alabama, there's water moccasins everywhere and he would never get bit raking them up and doing stuff. So he just, he was magical. So I've, I honestly believe if Bigfoot was going to live anywhere, he was going to hang out on my grandfather's uh, property because my grandfather was magical that way. Right. There's a lot of theories about Bigfoot. I actually haven't seen one, but um, that they're interdimensional beings that they can camouflage. Are they all the same thing? Are they alien? Are they, are they biological like here? Um, I think one of the things that people don't talk about that much is one of my theories, maybe you've had this as well, is that I think that some things aren't paranormal at all. They're not supernatural. They're not spirits. They're not ghosts. They're not aliens. They're not going through portals or whatever. I think the very big possibility for a lot of the things that we experience is that there are biological creatures could be sitting right here right now that is living, breathing in this moment that we just can't see because as we are with UFOs, people are so, um, you know, they think that we're the only ones in the universe or that arrogance. There could also be a color or something on our spectrum that we can't see. There's right. So like, I don't want to say it's camouflaged because it's supernatural. It might just literally be a breathing thing that, that we can't for whatever reason, see or pick up on. And, but cats do cats definitely do. Um, so well, like, there's, I wonder if that's part a, of like the Bigfoot thing is that it can different colors. There's a really cool documentary called A Glimpse of Beauty, Paranormal Bigfoot, that I watched when I was out at Phenomicon in Utah this year, and it's out uh, now. So go check it out. It's it's bonkers, but they have some amazing footage. And on top of that, to your point, they show some animals that we know exist and some of the features we didn't know that they could do, like the cuttlefish. The cuttlefish, you can see it, and it'll suddenly be transparent. And you can only see a little bit of color from inside it transparent and there are other animals that can do this there are animals that can camouflage and and i don't know if you've seen this footage recently stormy it's everywhere the couple in the colorado train that we're driving along and the the bigfoot now talk about camouflage he's just strolling along and then all of a sudden he kind of bends down and gets into this kind of kneeling position and with the with the background and the bushes the way they were as soon as he kneels down you can see him but he looks like every other bush you wouldn't, if you're not looking for a living, breathing creature, he could have stood there till that train went by and then stood up and walked away. And you would have never known that you just saw a group of Bigfoot sitting on that mountainside. Right. It could be anywhere. Um, so kind of a darker subject. Tell okay. me about attachments. You've had an attachment. Um, can you walk me through that for the listeners who don't know what an attachment is? A lot of people are probably watching this because right. I have big boobs. So <laughs> explain what an attachment is and what happened. In well, your- I don't want to brag, but these are no slouches either. All right. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, well, attachments are a, a touchy subject because I've had them, but I, you know, people are like, Oh, you came back from Waverly Hills. Did you have an attachment? Well, I had something happen afterwards, but I don't have the gift of sight. I can't turn around and go, Oh, look, it's stormy. The ghost from Waverly Hills. I know something's there. Something's interacting with me. I have a hard time believing this ghost got on a plane with me, got in the Uber with me and came home with me. But could it be that a neighbor's ghost 
sees this, you know, I, it's, uh, how do I explain this? All right. You take a big magnet. The difference between like uh, an attachment, something following you home. Right. And I hate to say the P word, but possession. <laughs> right. Well, let me, so I tell people this a lot. You, like imagine a giant magnet and then you take a paperclip. A paperclip is not magnetic, but you are the paperclip. The magnet is a haunted location. You go to that haunted location. You're in it for a few days. You rub that paperclip across that magnet and then take that magnet over and you bring it to another thing of mag of, of um, paperclips. And all of a sudden you can daisy chain four or five of them because you've got that residual energy. And right. right so, and not even psychic. I We are an electromagnetic force, humans. Like and ghosts are electromagnetic force and a location is an electromagnetic force. So if I'm steeped in it, why wouldn't I have that essence? Why wouldn't I still attract things to me? I've never had anything oppressively try to take me over. I've never had anything uh, try to frighten me. It's frightened a couple of my children when it happens, because again, they weren't expecting it. And then I deal with it with some prayer and and different ways that we deal with that. Um, but attachments they they're not they don't happen all the time everybody's afraid oh i walked past the cemetery now i've got an attachment no you don't uh it, it's not like that if you're and again putting yourself in a fear place is not the way to go i i will tell you this i and I, tell your daughter this too right i'm a dad i'm a i'm a granddad when i die i've already said i'm going to haunt my children to make up for all the crap they did when i was alive right so i'm going to be the one moving their car keys and then with what happened to my car keys i don't know dad right that's what's going to happen i'm going to be the one moving stuff around i'm, I'm also going to be last bite of cake of every cake you ever have for the rest of your life that's right <laughs> and then i'm going to be i'm going to be the granddad ghost at the at the first boy girl birthday party when they break out the ouija board and that young boy or young girl cuddles in to get close to my daughter granddaughter or grandson and when they ask oh is somebody here going to die i'm going to be the one pushing the planchette to the boyfriend or girlfriend next to him and start poking them with the planchette now does it mean i'm evil no it just means i'm a smart ass ghost <laughs> right so if if you are the if the two of you you and your daughter walk into a haunted spot and you're super nervous and your daughter's mom, there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm going to screw with you because you're scared. I'm going to have fun with you because I'm a ghost. What else am I going to do? This is my, my getting my jollies. So I think that ghosts can be funny with us. I think that ghosts can interact with us in different ways. And, uh, you know, I don't always, I don't subscribe to the thought that everything is evil, but I think if you're whistling past a cemetery and you're afraid and I'm a ghost in a cemetery, I might follow you for a few blocks just to wig you out. But I don't think that that necessarily means that you're in danger. Um, people that are opening up and I've seen, I've seen people do this and you and your daughter pay attention because I know you're good people with good hearts. When you're in a location and there's a child's ghost, do not say you can come home with me. We've got a haunted house. Come live with us. You don't know what you're talking to. And that might be a mimic or a doppelganger. And you've now given it permission to come with you. And that's yeah, not a. Would do that. I was like, yeah, people are dumb. People right. are dumb. Yeah. And it's not dumb. It's you're caring. You're empathetic. You want to help this. I don't want to leave that poor little kid's spirit here. And it's Dave going. <laughs> and then you invite me in because you think oh, I'm a child's that spirit. That was so fucked up. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't know what you're doing with that. <laughs> you got to be careful. Oh my gosh, that was creepy. That's like I say, like, don't feed the stray cat because you wake up the next day and you got ten on your porch. <laughs> don't exactly. 
party at our house. That's right. And that's why I don't do ghost hunts in my own house. I don't do any of that. I think in, in all of the years, I've maybe done EVP twice in my house, uh, just testing equipment. And I started getting answers and shut it down real quick. And I'm, you're not yeah. welcome here. And that's it. So did you listen to the EVP I sent you? No. When did you send me an EVP? Oh, it's when you were boarding the plane in London a couple weeks ago because we're dying to know what you thought of it. Um, I, no, I apparently didn't come through to me because yeah, I've been I, I've been on the road nonstop, yeah, so I haven't heard it. No, send it to me again. Yeah, because because it was one of her specific questions, so I'll 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 send it to you when we're done, and you can tell me what you think. Um, okay. Because it's yeah, we got that in the in this house, and it was super weird because we both saw something in the same place at different times and didn't tell each other until afterwards and then we got this evp i described what we saw in the hallway as like a smoky figure that looked like casper like a disney ghost she mm-hmm. saw the same thing in the same place and what did you call it sperm cell she said it looked like a sperm i said casper she said sperm so anyway um neither one of you are wrong both can be said of the casper like spirit so. I know, but it was just funny that that was our choice of words um yes so I, I have a thing here, and I'm actually kind of afraid to ask this because I've never heard of this, and I'm terrified. But uh, let me let me clarify one thing though. On that, I don't want people to feel like I'm dismissing them if they think they have an attachment. Something very real could be happening. It's hard for me to discern unless I get a chance to talk to the people, know what's going on. And again, I'm not a medium, so all I can do is the best I can do is guesswork. And then I would usually suggest you speak to a holistic practitioner. And a lot of people panic because they want to talk to Cindy Kaza or Sarah Lemos or Chip Coffee, and they're not available, but they help everybody on TV and they're busy. They're busy all the time. So what you need to do is if you reach out, there's usually holistic centers within every town somewhere and you can find a medium or somebody that can help you clear yourself from that or go online and there's videos and tutorials on how to clear your energy and clear things away from you so start with those first and if those don't work then try to find a practitioner or somebody to come in but you got to be careful because there's there's charlatans out there as i say it's snake oil for everyone that's a cindy you got you know a hundred that's you know an internet scam somebody yeah how many Stormy Daniels are there taking, you know, we had to shut down my comedy show a couple weeks ago because somebody on Facebook literally sold out, was sold selling fake tickets. And we made the decision to change it, change the way they sell tickets because I just knew all it takes is that one person, you know, who thinks that I ripped them off to get there and, and go to his car and get a gun. Same thing that happens. Yeah. Someone who's, it's not a legitimate attachment or paranormal thing. It's someone who has a true mental illness and right. You're really careful when you're those people take advantage. And also the other side of that is for people like myself and Cindy and and all these people who do this kind of work. It is so exhausting. Like I am more tired after doing a two or three readings than I am working an 18 hour day. It's just right. insane. Yeah, it's taxing that so much energy being drawn from you to help the empathy, the heart, the mind, the spirit. That's a lot. And you got to be careful with that, but I'm sorry. I just go, now go ahead. I know you said you had another question that you wanted to ask, which we're kind of afraid to ask. I just don't want ever want people oh, to yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I'm oh, I'm dismissive. I thought, I thought we forgot about it. What are no. the black What are the black eyed children? Have you heard about this, Katie? No. Yeah, I don't know if we should. Wow. Uh, yeah. So what what is this? And I, and I don't know. I've never heard of it. I thought I'd heard, heard it all by now, but no. The black eyed kids are, it's a strange phenomena. These children, they're usually one to three, sometimes as many as five. They're usually looking anywhere between 10 to 15, 16 years old, kind of nondescript clothing. It's not like they're 
you know, dressed in Nike sweats and, and stuff. They're usually just very bland clothing or bland hoodies. Uh, and they kind of follow the demonic or vampiric trope of needing your permission to enter your home or your car, or they want you oh. to follow them. And a lot of times people don't even notice because how many times you look at somebody like right now, I've been talking to you for 45 minutes. If I turn away and I thought, what color are Stormy's eyes? I could not tell you for the life of me, what color your eyes are. I could tell you what color your hair is. I could tell you what kind of shirt you're wearing. I could tell you what color the wall is behind you, but a lot of us don't yeah, notice the eyes. eyes. They never look above here. So most people don't even know I have right. eyes. So <laughs> but so a lot of people will engage with these kids for a few minutes and then the kids seem to be more annoying. And like one of them will be the speaker. You know, the other ones just kind of huddle around. One is like, can we please come in to use your phone? We we need a ride home. Can we, can we use your phone? Please. We just need to use your phone. Can we come in? And no, no, I'm sorry. You know, just uh, you, how about if I just, I'll give you my cell phone. No, please let us in. We just want to come in. Won't you let us into your home? And then that's when the people kind of get annoyed and they get, get a good look at the kids and they notice the eyes are jet black and not just the color, but the entire sclera. Now I understand that there are people out there that will say, well, Dave, there are contact lenses. I understand that. However, contact lenses that cover the entire sclera are really expensive for one pair, let alone three to five pairs. And the fact that who's going to give their their 10-year-old a $300 pair of sclera contacts to go out and scare the neighbors, especially in a, in a world where people are allowed <laughs> to carry guns, right? Um, so th- this weird phenomenon has taken place. We've collected stories over the years, and I'll tell you my my favorite one here in Minnesota, there was... Uh, this elderly couple who listened to our show. And I used to be on the actual radio out here. We were on from 10 to midnight. She said, Dave, we listen to your show nine o'clock to 10. We watch the news. We turn it off. We go in and we turn on your radio show and we listen to it as we go to bed. And she goes, and I got to tell you this weird thing happened to us one night. News goes off. It's been raining here for a couple of weeks in Minnesota. And my husband gets irritated because he can hear kids running around and splashing outside in the yard at 10 o'clock at night. And he looks out through the blinds and he can't see him. It's raining. And I said, honey, it's been raining nonstop for two weeks. These kids probably just need to blow off steam. Their parents probably sent them outside. We used to run around and play in puddles. It's not a big deal. So, all right, they go to bed. About three o'clock in the morning, she wakes up and looks and standing in her room are three children. There's two boys and a girl in the middle with braids. And she's just looking at them. And she goes, now, Dave, I'm a good listener. I know about the hypnagogic and the hypnopompic states. Those are the moments going in and out of sleep when reality and dream world can sometimes mesh. And maybe in my dream world, I was talking to three kids and I woke up and my conscious and subconscious are merged for a few seconds. So I close my eyes. I take a couple of deep cleansing breaths because I've listened to your show. I know this is how you get past this moment of scary. And I know when I open my eyes, they're going to be gone. She takes a couple of deep cleansing breaths, opens her eyes, and they're still standing there. So she opens her mouth, starts to scream and reach over for her husband when the little girl in the middle steps forward and pushes her finger to her lips and says, shh. For what? (laughs) Yeah, we just want to look at you. So she screams. Husband wakes up. She's screaming. They're in our room. He's a good husband. He walks around, helps her, turns on every light in the house. They get back in bed and spoon the night away with every light blazing until morning hours because of what they saw uh, or what his wife saw. And he firmly believed her. I thought that was a a beautiful, terrifying tale. But my favorite part of the tale came a couple days later when at the end of my show, I go downstairs and they're parked out behind my car 
at the radio station as a cop car. And I go, uh, can I help you? Are you Dave Schrader? Yeah. You do the radio show? Yeah. Hey, just want to let you know we're huge fans of the paranormal. We, you know, EMTs, firefighters, cops, we all listen to your guys' show. You have a great show. But I want to tell you something. We don't believe any of this nonsense, all this ghost crap and and aliens and whatever, but it's funny to listen to. But she told that story the other night about the old woman with the three kids. And then you go to commercial break and we get a call over our radio that there's an elderly woman calling to complain that there are three children in her yard. She doesn't know at 1145. And I look at my partner and he looked at me and we both nodded and turned off the radio and said, screw that. I'm not taking that call. So I love that that was the cop's response after listening to a black eyed kid story. I have never heard of this phenomenon. How yeah. when did it start? Is this like go back like even before there was such a thing as contacts? Yes, yes. Well, it began in the 90s is the oh, first official. Like- yeah, um, Brian. Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. He He's a reporter. A reporter actually had the first brought up storyline. But once we started talking about it, I started hearing from people around the world, including some Afghani and Iraqi war veterans that saw these black eyed kids before horrible things happened while they were in deployed or on deployment. And then um, I actually had a story come in. One of our listeners, and I, I can't remember if she was Japanese or Chinese. She was listening to our show, talking about the black eyed kids throughout this entire show. And her grandmother came in, sat there listening and couldn't believe it. And she said, when I was a child, so this was like the 1940s or 50s, when I was a child, we slept in a, a central room where we all had our mats on the floor. And she goes, I woke up one night and my brother, my older brother was standing in the door beckoning for me to come out and play. And I'm like, we're going to get in trouble. And he said, no, 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 let's just go play. Come on, let's go play. So she thought, all right, he's the big brother. He's going to get in trouble for enticing yeah. me out to play. So she gets up to go play and she trips and looks down and her brother is sleeping. And she looks back up and the one in the door starts smiling at her and waving for her to come. She hauls it back in, gets underneath the covers and starts crying, wakes up her parents. And the part that she said was really chilling that she told the granddaughter was other kids in their village had gone missing without a trace. She firmly believes that this was one of those black eyed kids. And had she followed that child who she thought was her brother, she would have been missing as well. This is uh, because it's, started to happen somewhere it's like your theory about which remember she is she's like it's like slender man you never heard about it before my daughter's theory is that he didn't really exist but those girls kind of started and he's what we call a a tulpa that's kind of created like it could be that that's my you know my daughter's like did a lot of research on slender man and he was kind of created Almost. And now you see it all the time. Well, no, he definitely was. Now here's right. So he was an online contest character for some, I think, creepy pasta page. And yeah. And, and people, it was to create the creepiest creature you can. And this guy created the story of Slenderman and then people started seeing him. And then there was a video game made of him and all these stories. And I think there's a couple of movies, B grade horror movies that came out about Slenderman. However, like you, Katie, I started thinking, isn't that interesting? But people are actually seeing this. And then we started doing research into other things. And there are old stories that go back hundreds of years in many different religions and belief systems of this tall, slender-like creature. Some have these spider-like legs that come off the back, but they follow the the concept of what Slender Man is. So maybe just every 
couple of generations, they come back. Maybe somebody remembers them. Somebody starts talking about them and it brings them back to life in a sense. So you're right. Is it a thought form? Is it an ancient elemental? Is it a being? Um, There was a great movie. It was Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where he rebooted the series and brought Freddy back, but he brought him back as though this ancient demon loved the way people were so terrified by Freddy that he, when they stopped making movies, this demon was pissed and he started interacting. And if you remember that movie, Wes Craven plays Wes Craven and the girl Heather Langenkamp, who was Nancy in the first movie is back, but she's playing Heather Langenkamp. And all of the actors from the movie are back playing themselves as actors, but they're all being haunted by Freddy because this demon wants to be brought back to life again. So I believe that that concept is a lot of weight to it. So Katie's onto something. Yeah. But now you've added more layers. So she's going to have to do more research. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's what makes some religion so powerful. It's all the energy that people put into it behind it. That was her. Yeah. She was obsessed with figuring out what the, how the slender man thing came about. And then we went down the road of like tulpas. And if you, you could actually end up with, as our other theories, you can actually end up making a place haunted sure. in a way. Um, and are, just, are you making it haunted or by turning that light on, giving that exposure do spirits that are not being recognized across the street say, look, we can go there. They're looking for us and then come here. So you're not creating the spirits as much as you're creating a safe space for the spirits to suddenly appear. Right. I, there's, I think it goes both ways. Sometimes people go into a place that the, the history of the house is so uh, traumatic and so violent. And there's right. one I'm thinking of, I don't want to say the name of it, but the history of the house is so violent. The history is so bloody and horrible that people go in there and they expect that the spirits of the people who were killed there are there. And in my experience, they're not. There are right. things when they mimic those things because everybody that goes in there to investigate are, are so terrified. It has such a long history, hundreds of years. It's like this trauma that some of it is probably spirits drawn there, especially when you have so many investigators going all the time. It's like turning the right. lights out. And some of it is that the things that are, are there are, are pretending to be that. It's just feeding off the fear that the, the us, the living, live there. And I call mm-hmm. those places, you know, when we're talking about it ourselves, I call them feeder houses. Because I don't believe that it's haunted by the spirits of the people who were murdered there. And you probably know what house I'm talking about. You've probably been there. But I don't think that those people that people hear or say are there are there at all. Mm-hmm. Never have been. I think that you have some of it that is just energy. Some of it is staying, some of it is energy from people living that go there. And some of it is mm-hmm. coming there because there's so many investigators and there's so whatever that they're pretending to mimic those child spirits or whatever to get interactions because they just want to talk right. to them. And some of it I think is really negative. It's a feeder house. And it's just, it's, it's, I've been there, investigated once and figured it out and said, I would never go again. And I went in there a second time by myself. Like they gave me the keys to it and I went by myself and went in with a different mindset. Nothing. I was right. You probably know what house I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Is it? Uh, is is? Uh, can I say the state and see if we're on the same place? Uh huh. Is it uh, in Iowa? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, but I'll tell you what. I've I've heard some of the most horrific EVP in my life from that location. I've got so one. I don't know what's going reverse. on. I've got one in reverse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, yeah. we gave up. We had to take a break from the night and. Uh, Barrett actually got it. He's in the other room, was filming. He's my cameraman on it. And this is what he didn't believe in ghosts before we were dating or anything. And we went out to take a break and we're standing in the yard. And it's all quiet. 
and boom, 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 really loud from inside the house. And we all went like that and ran to chest, ran to go inside and the door shut and standing on that ramp that goes inside, we got an EVP in reverse. Crazy. Yeah. Speaking yeah. You never know. The world is a crazy place. We've got a lot of amazing things that take place around us. We just have to open our eyes and our hearts to it and, and have those experiences. Something about Iowa. There's a bunch of really haunted things there. There's like, I found there's like these clusters and mm-hmm. I research. I took it out an old school map and tried to figure out what makes these clusters for this reason. We're talking about it because people are going to houses nearby and they're putting these energies and they're making like hot spots or does it have to do with a natural phenomenon? And, you know, um, obviously things that had a lot of history, really bad things. New Orleans had so much history, for example, right. it's already has lots of battlegrounds, obviously it's more trauma than most places, but is it, um, people go and to Mardi Gras. Yeah. Well, it's a whole different thing. <laughs> but to a location and then it, it, the energy spreads and makes the ones around it haunted. Sure. Or, you know, I found that the ley lines, I've studied the ley lines and the crystals and, you know, limestone in the ground that definitely plays a factor. Water plays a factor. I've discovered two plants that I found on every location that no one talks about. Is it related or not? You know what I'm talking about? Does yep. it rhyme with marijuana? Oh, that's not a good rhyme at all. That's I'm horrible at rhyming. <laughs> and I found that houses that are off the ground tend to be more likely to be haunted. And is that because stuff can come up to the floor or is it because it goes all the way around? It's not grounded. These are just things I love to study the science of it. Sure. Yeah, that's but, crazy. But yeah, that place, which is also off the ground. By the way, a little bit. Um, all right. Well, I think I've taken up enough of your time. I'm so excited. I have one more question. Sure. When did we get to investigate with you? <laughs> I, I would love to work something out and get a chance to to investigate someplace and uh, get out and do something. And you bring your daughter. I'll bring my daughter. We'll go out and have a, a weekend at some creepy ass place and and just see what kind of activity we can dig up. But I'd love to. So as soon as my schedule is cleared out. And you're back so to not being on the road. He's no, 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 no. I just, but you're right now. I'm in the thick of the most busy time of my year. It's like, yeah, it's I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, the paranormal Santa Claus. I'm on the road from August till November. Oh One... Please tell me they call you that. You're paranormal Santa, right? Uh, that's, I'm going to just take that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave will actually balance like his, this gatekeeping and this is absolutely insane. My daughter's witnessed and had people say stuff to her, obviously, but we were supposed to do some things and Dave caught so much hate and I never got the chance to really thank you for standing up for, for me and, and the gatekeeping of paranormal is just obscene and, and crazy, but it's, it's uh, sadly, it's not just the paranormal. It's just the gatekeeping of people. People are too dumb to get past their perceptions. And yeah. just because people do things in life doesn't mean that that's defining who they are in all of their life. I'm not right. just Dave, the ghost hunter guy. I'm also a grandpa. I'm also a dad. I'm also a guy that loves Dr. Who and rock and roll music. No one part of those things define who I am. And I've made uh, good choices and bad choices in life. And what are you going to judge me on things that just because you don't like it, it's not right. right. I've, I've called so many people out on, on the idiocy of their judgmental nature. It's just ridiculous. And I especially love when the, the fundamentalist religion starts banging my door with their Bible. Cause I can come at them with the Bible just as hard and show every other point. But the main one being, you know, in nowhere, nowhere does Jesus say love everybody, but he says, love everybody. That is the one law above all. That's the only law you need to worry about. 
So love everybody. Stop being so judgy. Just go out and enjoy it. And man, oh man, Stormy, I will tell you, I have met some people in this field that should not be wagging fingers at anybody in judgment. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird world out there. You're my friend and I am more than happy to ghost hunt with you anytime, anywhere. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have today. If you like what you heard, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you have comments or you want to ask me a question on the air, go to my Twitter page at Stormy Daniels and use hashtag beyond the norm.